What's going on, everybody? This is Tuesday night. This is Dynasty Points. It's just Jacob and I. Lucas has some stuff he's dealing with. Cut to brass tacks. There's going to be no player picks this week. Lucas was not able to get his in. I will say shout out to Jacob. He's now in the lead. What a unbelievable comeback this has been in the race. I got to get my stuff together. I'm going to have a week to get myself using the Fantasy Points matchup tool to get me in. I just want to kick the show off today. Sad note, uh, Andre Brower has passed away. Obviously, I know him most from Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Uh, he's, he's just an unbelievable actor, and everything that I've ever read about him is nothing but positive. So we always say check in on your loved ones, even if you don't know they need it. This is why we don't know when or how, but it happens sad but, hey, go, go and watch your Brooklyn Nine-Nines this weekend and just enjoy yourself and have a good time. I just wanted to get that out. Jacob, before we signed off last week, we said that we were going to do what should teams do that are rebuilders first. Well, we switched that up because I think you had an absolute banger of an idea. And we're going to tie it in the Dynasty this week. We are talking about players we think are going to be legitimate league winners. Now, if you don't have a trade deadline, you can do what I did today. And you can go and acquire the players you think are going to be league winners. I acquired one of those players today in a league that we are both in. And I can't wait to dive into it. I'm feeling good. But first, we promised everyone we would update everybody on the home league and the league of record. Yeah. So let's do that. We actually had a stat correction that changed matchup implications you want to go over it yeah let's let's do it so we're the league of record uh which myself and tom and our beloved former co-host billy and tom the, lee you know, the host, and just so uh, many walk about tom lee everybody's in there so we're all kind of battling it out and we had a few big matchups um coming into this week there were theoretically up to five teams still alive for the last couple of playoff spots where uh, we had Tom Lee at the top, followed the Bear Docks on the other buy slot. And then Tom and Maddie uh, were pretty much locked into the three and the four in some sort of order. And coming into the week, it was myself and Andrew Jameson in the five and the six seeds with a cadre of folks right behind us, including uh, Barry, Tom's brother-in-law, sitting right behind me. And we had kind of an interesting situation where I was playing Tom Lee, so the number one seed in the league, and Barry's playing Tom, the number three seed in the league. So if we both have lost going into this into these games, all of a sudden it'd be a mad rush on who gets in on points. So anyway, we found a way to pull it out. We said we're not relying on anybody's help for anybody, despite pretty much languishing as a middle-of-the-road team all year. And then losing Tank Dell and deciding, yeah, this probably isn't the thing. We're going to trade Cooper Cup and Tony Pollard about 15 minutes before the trade deadline. We put up the highest score in the league this week, and we beat the number one seed. So yeah, we got in the five slot. It's so unreal. I'll, I'll now be facing Tom in the first round. Right. But I, I looked like for a while I wasn't going to be facing Tom in the first round because Tom looked like he was going to get the three seed. Maddie ends up uh, winning on a stat correction. So he goes up into three seeds. So now it's me versus Tom in the four or five and Maddie facing Andrew in the three, six. And here's why this is important. So Andrew Jameson, friend of mine, a friend of ours, play baseball together. Good dude. His team is in shambles right now. Like everyone's on IR. 
He might put up 120. It was the easiest path to the semifinals. Both matchups in the semifinals is a nightmare between DeBaradox and I've said it before, the best dynasty player I know, Tom Lee. Uh, so either way, it's a nightmare, but the path was easier. But now for content purposes, this is going to be a great time for you and I. I mean, you've got to be like an 80-20 favorite. Like, again, like I basically sold my team to yeah. punt it into the lottery we... last week after the injuries. <laughs> and and I don't know, man. It's so funny because my team did this last year where I was like yeah. lingering, lingering. I was like, eh, I don't know. And then I won like two in a row at the end to almost get in, if not for the Julio Jones catch. So right. this team seems to respond to, like, if I ever want to get something out of this team, I just trade away some good players, right. and then everybody else starts scoring. So we have Njoku, we have Drake London, we have Garrett Wilson, all the guys who went off last week. So hopefully hopefully this this uh, ramshackle squad uh, rallies <laughs> hard this week uh, and takes down Tom. So I, for people that don't know, in the, our legal record and we'll move on to the actual content. I just think this is, this is yeah. a fun to talk about because we're in this just as deep as you guys are. We care about it just as much, even as portfolio players where we have tons, 30, 40 plus leagues. It's we're still in this. I have the second most wins all time in this league and I've never won. And every year I get screwed over somehow by my quarterbacks. I'm rolling with Carr and Winston in my second QB stop. But other than that, the lineup, I don't, we just talked about it. Having to not make a decision, trading for Debo was huge. Like, this is going to be my year. I feel strongly that I'll finally get past finishing third. And then, same with the home league. Home league went nuts. We played divisions, four divisions, three in each, all rivals. They all matter with league, with division record tiebreakers. And we have a, what a, we have a nine and, what is it? A nine, nine and five and, team out of the playoffs. Yeah. Out of the playoffs because they crazy just league. cut it. Uh, I'm the five-time division champion, never been defeated in my division, so shout out to me. Uh, it's going to be a great time in the home league. Can't wait to update everybody um, heading into Sunday. I might do a Sunday uh, little video here. For, so you're playing, you're playing Andrew, the I first get Andrew round again. of that one. Yep. And uh, we're not playing this week because we, we locked down yeah. the one seed we last week, so we'll be sitting at home. Uh, for the people at home, Tom and I are on opposite sides of the bracket. So uh, we will not be playing each other in the semis. Hopefully, for content purposes, we will be facing off in the finals. I, I can almost promise you that if we both make it to the finals in the home league this year, that we will have some sort of entertaining bet for people. But um, oh. let's let's not put the cart before the horse. We got three games Correct. to win before that yeah. the dream finals happens. That would be just an unbelievable content matchup. Um, it's I I'm excited. the The fantasy playoffs are here. And I, I can't wait. We had somebody ask, can we please get oh, some yeah. Will Levis talk? We're going to talk about the Mayo Man. We're going to talk about the Mayo Man first. He's not going to be a part of the league winner section. He I don't is think... going to be a part of the league winners. Okay, for me. he is going to be a part of the league winner <laughs> section. Well, then let's just kick it off. Jacob, why is Will Levis going to be in the in the league winner section? Well, one of the upsides of Will Levis, and I remember, like, I don't even know if we talked about this specifically or if this was a conversation I had in a group chat or in my head or what, but I remember when he first took over, his early schedule, his first few matchups were not too easy. Like, he had that Pittsburgh matchup. He had some high-pressure defenses. And specifically with Levis, it's, it's not even just about is sort of the secondary good or is it a traditionally good matchup. He's really, really dependent at this point on, is he in a clean pocket? And the Titans offensive line is not good. He compounds that by being quite bad under pressure. 
So can he be in matchups where, where they're able to hold up or not? Which even, you know, a matchup like Tampa Bay, where it's a really blitz-heavy team, even though that's a favorable matchup for a lot of quarterbacks, that was one that I was a little bit worried about for him. He comes in the, the last month. It's nothing but green on the matchup chart. And that's where, you know, if you wanted to buy into Levis and ride out some of the early pain, uh, you're kind of wading into that late-season push where maybe he can establish himself going into the offseason. Will Levis, over his last three playoff games here, he's going to end up facing Houston twice. Yeah. Really, really weak secondary right now. And, and the total pass funnel defense that's much stronger against the run. We just saw Zach Wilson light them up uh, recently. Uh, and then he's going to face in between that. Um, oh, man. I, I want to say Seattle. Seattle. Okay, Seattle. There we go. Okay. That's what I thought. And then I yeah. blank for a second. And Seattle's defense has been atrocious um, through the air so far and really on the ground and really just overall over this last half of the season as they've gotten lit up. So Houston, Seattle, Seattle, phenomenal matchups for him. And matchups where if CJ Stroud is healthy and if Gino is healthy, I also expect it to be pushed where I don't think that they're going to be able to just establish, establish, establish all day. Levis as that really high event, volatile back and forth game last night against Miami. And I think this is a guy that potentially can be like a value type winner, value accumulator as he kind of asserts his stranglehold on this position going into next year. But I also think has an opportunity with how bad the quarterback situation is right now across the league to actually be a top 12 quarterback the rest of the way here. We saw him running a little bit more this week. We saw him have success passing. We've seen him just continue to build that chemistry with DeAndre Hopkins. They have Traylon Burks back. So I'm, I'm actually legitimately excited about Will Levis. In terms of what I'd pay for him, um, I think I still have him. Like, I'm definitely paying the late first. Probably, probably my cutoff would be like, I don't know, 106, 107 range would be kind of where I'd be looking in terms of like just straight up draft pick value. But like, certainly if uh, if I had a team where there was like a, a starting wide receiver running back, maybe I could spare, maybe I need to add him as a quarterback option. That'd be where I'd probably be, be looking more than just the picks. But that that's kind of the value idea would be that 106, 107 range for me. I agree. He's definitely had some throws that should have been picked off. But oh, yeah. What, like what? quarterback kind of doesn't so that's how i'm looking at it he's had 41 deep balls already 41 we want that nfl team he already leaves the nfl and most completions over 50 air yards it's insane he started for like four games hopkins is dialing it back on the on the age clock he's balling right now He's a first – Will Evans is a first read machine. 77% uh, are going to his first read, and that first read's name is DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> yes. What I like about the running is that he can do it in the red zone, and if – look, I don't want him taking a beating the way – like some of the hits he's oh, taking running oh, Jalen Ramsey over, and that that dude's – I think he's delivering the hits as much as he's taking the hits. <laughs> like, I think he should have been in concussion protocol contact. twice. I think he should have been in concussion protocol twice. No lie. Like that was insane what he was doing, but he, he loves it and they feed off of him. He can take one in on the ground. Absolutely. In terms of league winning, I don't know if he has the, the 25, you know, in, in these games in him, but he definitely has the dog in him, and that's at minimum what you need. And he is kind of avoiding turnovers. He only has three in all of his, in all of his starts. Um, 
Yeah, my plea, my plea to people on the Will it's Levis possible. side is, is just like he has not even started half a season of games yet. Like, right? I'm just, I'm just pleading with people to not only focus on the bad plays. Like, there are bad plays. There are going to be more bad plays. He's a rookie quarterback, and he's not some picture perfect, you know, um, prospect who came he's not out polished, polished at all. You right. can not polished. You, Very rough. The fadeaway, like guy in his face. Fade away from his left, like dump off. I looked at that. I was like, that is impressive. Right. One thing we definitely, I'm with you. I'm in that late first category. I would trade Russ plus. I would trade oh, yeah. these old and brokens that I would trade Stafford plus. I would trade all these guys to go and get them. If, if you're not a contending team or you just want to add a quarterback, like you said, if I got wide receivers, I traded Deontay Johnson for him. Pretty much, I think it was Deontay in a three for Will Levis after his first game. I have no regrets about that. I am not regretting that trade whatsoever. So he can definitely still be bought. There are still detractors. There are people that are still against the Will Levis era, but... It's and it's coming, and, and I think he's being, locked into the starter they end up next being year. Right, like they they may end up being yeah. right. I, I really have no like firm idea of it. He has like massive holes in his game. Yeah, uh, I I just I just implore people to focus more on the flashes than the bad plays for guys like first mm-hmm. half of the season. Like I, you know, like it's I think the, the priors just play such a role here. Where yeah. you know, like, I always go back to Fields, but like Fields is in year three, and people are like. Oh, I don't care about his bad game. I don't care about this bad play. Like, look at these flashes. And he does have like legitimately brilliant flashes. Um, and then with Will Levis, it's like, okay, the flashes are cool, but what about this turnover, or this sack, or whatever? It's like he's, you know, two years behind some of these guys. Like I, he makes four or five throws every game that um simply like just don't happen very frequently from NFL yeah. quarterbacks. So I, I just love the upside with him. I, I think he, if he can piece it together, uh, and a lot of that's gonna be mental and working outside of the outside of the lines but if he can piece it together I, i'm just i'm just a huge fan no fear plus arm talent not afraid to run like that's what you're looking for in a prospect and you're right he's not polished there's going to be some ugly moments i'm willing to pay that late one plus and i if i have to send a two on top of it and try to get a three back i'm doing it because the value if that hits is just going to be so worth it compared to you losing. Okay. I lost out on a late one. That sucks. You can make up that value back. If you're a good manager, I understand the people that are like, I don't do trades. Well, I, I I'm not very good at recovering from a loss. I understand if you're not willing to buy them, then I get it. I totally get it. You don't have to do it. It's just, we love what we see. We're excited. I've had a couple of comments and DMS and, yeah, it's um, I mean, it's all systems go for me when it comes to Will. Like we Will started Will out as a Levis. pro true lock podcast. Now it's a pro Will Levis podcast. Correct. My my comp for Levis continues to be what if true lock was maybe good. Yeah. <laughs> so we'll, we'll see. <laughs> that's that's really good. Let's talk. I want to talk about the next player, and I think this is going to be the conversation that maybe takes us the longest. So I want to knock it out early. It's Brock Purdy for me. And you're like, oh, what do you mean he's a league winner? Everyone knows he's a league winner. I get it. I'm I'm cheating here a little bit because of how good Brock, oh, Tom, he's the QB5 and four-point pass. I get it. I know. I totally know. 
He is a league winner. But he's get he has Arizona, which they could easily get up early. Shanahan keeps the foot down until about halfway through the fourth quarter. That's right, Toronto Dave. Big cock Brock. I'm not afraid to say it. Um he has Baltimore, which Matthew Stafford just toasted up. We're going to talk about uh, that Baltimore defense and why it's beatable. They are the fake number one seed in the AFC, but with Lamar, that game was absolutely insane. You're, you're like the most you their defense hatred over your own team like because their defense their defense is beatable. They're not a scary matchup in terms of oh my guys won't produce. Um, I mean, they might they not be, be that had. great of a team, but I think that they are the best team in the AFC. Um, like, there's just no perfect team in the AFC. True, right? It's not the NFC is wild, and but and then like if, if Dallas was in the AFC, they would be like an overwhelming favorite, and they'd be you know, on, they're, yeah. they're they're clearly not the favorite in the NFC. But I, I think Baltimore is the best of the group in the AFC. I mean, they're my pick in the AFC preseason. I'm sticking by that, but that's more due to like I just have even more questions about the other teams in the AFC. I mean, weirdly enough, I still think if Buffalo gets in, they're extremely live. I, I think they're cooked, but that's me personally. Um, yeah, I, I want to talk about. Sorry, I just keep hitting this little button on my my headset here. Keep muting myself. Washington's the matchup you want to target throughout these playoffs, oh, yeah. and he gets them in week seventeen. So oh, that's man. that's championship yeah. winning. Washington is so horrendously bad. I think there's only three quarterbacks that haven't passed 230 yards. Uh, they're giving up plus seven passing fantasy points, uh, DraftKings fantasy points per game, according to Jake Tribby. Did the DFS early look last night? He's gonna he's gonna win leagues now. How this pertains to his dynasty value, which is the important part of this. Brock Purdy should be going in the mid second round in startups next off season, and he won't because there is an ick upon Brock Purdy that is uncurable. It does not matter how good he is. The craziest stat that I have found so far from Brock Purdy comes from Steven Ruiz. The most insane Brock Purdy, this is quote, this is at the Steven Ruiz. He uh, He's a writer for The Ringer. The most insane Brock Purdy stat, if you take out all of his throws beyond the line of scrimmage, he'd still lead the NFL in yards per attempt and EPA per dropback. He's averaging 8.8 yards per attempt and point. 3.8 EPA on throws of zero air yards or less. Now that is a crazy stat. His screen game is unbelievable. His his screen game. He he's the he's the driving force of that screen game. Right, but I'm just Not saying that number that's, 23 that's, or number that, 19 or the man of the in the half. That is the, the big. Sideline. What I'm saying is that is the big ha got you moment for Brock Purdy, which I understand that people will hold that against him. His EPA uh, per pass on throws traveling more than zero yards in the air since 2021, number one. He does not just need the screen game. He is throwing the ball downfield. That is per Scott Barrett. He is throwing the ball downfield. We saw it just last week. He dotted George Kittle. He dotted, dotted Debo. He's not just dinking and dunking it. He is throwing the ball beyond 10, 15, and plus yards in the air. He is still doing it. And I understand the weapons, the efficiency. Get it. Got it. Good. I don't think quarterbacks should get knocked for that. I think they should only get knocked for that if they're also not producing with those things. We don't want to knock Tua 
because, oh, he has X and X weapons. We bump to a up for that reason. We should bump Brock Purdy up for that reason. The best part is, is you don't have to. What's that? So I, I I knock two up for for those reasons, and I and I knock Purdy. The, the difference between they them should is be like, I have a ton. Of, well, but they they are pumped up for that. That's that's why they score so many fantasy points. Right, but that's so. What I'm saying in that is that if you're looking at Tua the way that you're looking at Tua, and Brock Purdy is doing a better version of Tua than Tua is, then we should be viewing Purdy a little bit higher and closer to that range then we are and what people are going to do, especially with a new young class of rookie quarterbacks about to come in and excite people. People will still find a way to look down on Brock Purdy, regardless if he goes and wins a championship for them in week 17, which I think is a fundamental flaw in dynasty. It is, Oh, he's an outlier. No, the outlier is quarterbacks just being good in the NFL and for fantasy. Like that's the outlier. So when we have a quarterback who is good, not just good, but showing that he can be elite through stretches. He beat the shit out of Philadelphia. And it's, all he can't, can he win the big game? Can he make the tight throws? Can he beat the good teams? Last year as a rookie, he beats Dallas in the playoffs, uh, which ended in the most hilarious fashion possible. With Still beat him. Beat Zeke, uh, or not didn't beat Zeke, but Zeke playing center on the final play will never not be funny. And then he goes to he plays Philly this year and beats them so bad that they're still reeling to this day. It is he crazy. Debo beats them. Yes, he did. nah. Brock Purdy, okay? QBs are so, a win. Like people QB do this. People did this shit with Jimmy, and it's right the now. same morons that did this with Jimmy are still doing this with Purdy. And Jimmy can't He's even beat He's not Aiden Jimmy O'Connell. Garoppolo though. Okay, here's Jimmy Garoppolo. He's than sample Jimmy of games. Garoppolo. Here's Jimmy Garoppolo and his sample of games with Christian McCaffrey. 70.6% completions, 9 to 1 touchdown interception, 6.4% sack rate, 8 adjusted net yards per attempt, 110.5 quarterback rating. Brock Purdy with CMC, 69% completion percentage, slightly lower, 3.5 to 1 touchdown to interception relation, mm-hmm. ratio, much lower, 6.5% sack rate, higher, 8.7 uh, adjusted net yards per attempt, higher, marginally, mm-hmm. 103.8 quarterback rating marginally higher it's the same thing we see this every year in san francisco like this is why i was excited about buying brock purdy into the season because you can't fail it's you can't fail if sam darnold was the quarterback this year, it would be the exact same <laughs> i'd be buying sam darnold like i i just i, I have no brock purdy has was a buy going into the season he is in my opinion still a hold because i still think this train is on a one-way road to mm-hmm. Brock Purdy being valued the same as Tua and Trevor Lawrence and other guys eventually. And I'll get off the train at that point. Uh, so I still roster a lot of Brock Purdy in Dynasty. I'll probably continue to up until the point that he gets valued the way that Tom wants it to be valued. So I, that's not, that's I'm a not, Brock Purdy real-life hater, be. and I will be probably forever. I think it's absolutely insane that he's an, that he's like a co-favorite for MVP, but in in dynasty he's, he's been a buy because you know he's going to keep like, producing as much as these guys. If you go to our good friends over at Keep Trade Cut, they still have Brock Purdy at a very reasonable QB thirteen, and that's fine if you don't have him in your top twelve. What I'm saying is that he should be there, in my opinion, based off what that, he that's is doing. Fine. If any right, and that's all I'm saying is if he had a first round price tag, like if he if he was Bryce Young, and and Bryce Young was 
you know, whatever. If Brock Purdy was Bryce Young and drafted in that spot, we would be doing jumping jacks and backflips because of how much of a smash this guy was. He would be where CJ Stroud is right now in dynasty ranks, but he's not because he's round seven and he's playing in San Francisco. I think we're knocking him for the wrong reasons. And I think we're finding every reason to dismiss what he's doing, which is producing for your fantasy teams. And that's what we want. Now, do I think he should be above Justin Fields? I don't know. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, I do. It's, it's right there with upside and whatever and rushing. I get it. Okay. But so, see, I mean, that's where the dynasty real life thing splits. Because I think it's insane that he's even in the same tier as Justin Fields. I, I would way rather have Brock Purdy. People would are going to, they fight to the death on this stuff. But we he's know not how going we feel about Justin anytime Fields. Soon. Like, I have no right. like medium term concerns about Brock Purdy's job straight. He's going to be top three in MVP voting this year. He's not right. going anywhere. So I just think that not only is he going to be a absolute league winner with his schedule, I think he's good enough that he should be valued at that mid-second price tag that Deshaun Watson was going at this offseason. And he's not going to, so you don't have to worry about it. In terms of paying, I would pay the two first price if I absolutely had to. But generally speaking, you still don't have to. And that's part of what triggers me so hard is that he is acquirable for less league depending, obviously, but for the masses, people are still just looking to get out while they can before they are wait for an imaginary wheel to fall off. Like you said, he can't fail. What I would like is for people to please listen to Tom and to get him up to two first round value, because I'm very tired of having this big position on Brock Purdy. Um, I've, I, it makes me uncomfortable as a Brock Purdy hater to right. derive joy from his success. Do you think I enjoy like this week? I was in the full salt dynasty invitational and I'm stuck in this really unpleasant position where Tom and I have a win and end game for the playoffs and we get to the afternoon slate. And my only path to get in the playoffs is to root for fucking Brock Purdy. And sure enough, he delivers, he, he, he delivers, he delivers Damn me the right playoff he spot. He delivers Damn like right he always he does. Right. You know, he delivers like he always does. It's a lock. Anytime I look at my lineup and I see Brock Purdy, I'm like, oh, well, he's going to score a lot of points. Things are going to go well for me today. And and then I just don't feel like I have any principles. So what I'm asking for, Dynasty community, is if you would like me to return to having principled stances in my life, start valuing Brock Purdy appropriately. Because for as long as you don't value Brock Purdy appropriately, I have to roster Brock Purdy. I have to cheer for Brock Purdy. And I don't deserve Brock Purdy. I hate Brock Purdy. But I keep rostering Brock Purdy, and it's your fault because you don't value him appropriately. Yeah, again, like go. I, it's just why I don't. Okay, so this is the best way with. So let's say with draft picks for sure. Okay, I would love to. I would love to trade away Brock Purdy for two draft picks. What are the chances you're stumbling upon a quarterback with his upside? His well, his upside everything. is his current. Like he has no, he has like absolutely zero fantasy upside beyond his current pace, right? Like we are seeing his like max, max, hundred and fifteen percent ceiling. Like he's leading the world in EPA. He has all the best weapons. He's probably not going to run any more than he's running right now. So like, what's his points per game right now? Is it like twenty? I want to say it's like roughly. It's really good. Uh oh boy. I mean, it his depends fantasy on your points. Format. His I'm fantasy points per drop back is the best. In guys that are well, named Anthony well, Richardson, sure, of Tyler course, Hunt, per, per drop back, like right? But we're not, he's not dropping back as many times as other guys. Right. But he, he he's just, 
he's just unreal. I mean, Scott Barrett looks at fantasy points per drop back is like the only quarterback stat you need. Yeah, Scott Barrett what? loves Brock Purdy and it, it he does. And he I like loves him in real life, which is like which like actively causes me pain. That again, again, I'm with you on the real life thing, but for fantasy football, more quarterbacks fail than they succeed. And I I think Brock Purdy is what we wanted Baker Mayfield to be. And Baker Mayfield just wasn't because Baker Mayfield turned out that he sucks. Well, Baker Mayfield could be. I (laughs) wind up in San Francisco. Oh God. Enough, enough, enough. It's just too much. But for real, I mean, Brock Purdy's at 19.9 fantasy points per game in four point leagues, or at least with the exact settings I've punched in. I understand everybody uses slightly different settings for quarterback. Not in my league, bro. Basically. So he's basically at 20, right? That's like, that's right around the average of what we get for uh, your Joe Burrows and your Justin Herberts and your Trevor Lawrence, like all these, you know, non-rushing quarterbacks, like that's where we're going to be. So it's right now it's a cheat code. Like you're like, how much would I pay to have the insurance? Like he's basically that class of quarterback, same age range. So the way I would view it is like, how much are you willing to pay on top of Purdy for the insurance of you feel a little bit better about the long-term real life abilities of your quarterback to sustain that production. And it's like, I would pay a little, like I would pay like for sure a late first. It's like, I wouldn't pay two, right? Like I would way rather just roll with Purdy at like mm-hmm. a one and a half base first value than like Burrow at a three and a half and, and put those other two to work in my lineup. So like, I, I think he's legitimately a cheat code. I just hate it because I don't like cheating yeah. this way. I, I like, right. I'm very pro cheating. Everybody on this podcast knows I love cheating. Right. I love like it. stealing signals. I like steroids. I like flopping. Um, I like deflating footballs, I, all that stuff. I, I'm here for all of it. He's pro um, pro spitball. I'm pro the spitball. I'm pro deferring $680 million worth of contracts. Oh, for fuck's sake. I'm sakes. pro putting Robert Herjavec on a flight. Um, Fuck the Dodgers. God, it's too early. All these things. All these things. Too early. But, but but yeah, so I, but in this case, point, point is you're letting me cheat with Brock Purdy. Yeah, I think the move is to trade your Justin Herberts for Brock Purdy plus. I mean, honestly, I think that's that because there are people that are still going to feel like you and the Burroughs and the, all that trade, trade them for Brock Purdy plus and prosper for two to three years, whatever it's going to be. Because Shanahan's not going anywhere fast unless he makes an insane speech to his locker room about communication and and people want him excommunicado like one Sean McDermott. Uh, If he does something dumb, sure, he might go somewhere. But other than that, they're not moving off him in San Francisco. He's not. And Debo and McCaffrey are going to stay good for just long enough that people people fully believe in Brock Purdy. Send this to me right now. Estavio, send this to me right now. Right now. Send it to me this second, and it's a done deal. But if that first isn't 26, we're going to have to have a conversation. But send that to me right now. Well, here. Dare me. <laughs> do it. I'll do it live. I'll share the screen and accept it right now. I will share screen and accept the trade. Comment again. You said, of course it's 26. Of course it's 26. Well, it may not be as done of a deal. We might have to communicate. But um, look, do you think I would have a 24 first? Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, I, I think it's 
I think Purdy's good. I think he should be valued higher, but the move is to definitely trade any of the other stick figure quarterbacks and uh, not stick figure. What am I talking about? Statue quarterbacks and just trade for Purdy plus with those I guys. I agree. Let's let's move on. Hey, I, I can I keep going on Purdy, but I think we hammer both sides of this. There, you definitely well, have ultimately to be we agree to, from a dynasty yeah. standpoint. Like we have, the we same do. Take. Yep. Yeah, I've just one thing that I've worked so hard on my process is to just stop having strong player takes in terms of whether I like them or not, and that's completely removed real life from fantasy if I can, and it's really helped me progress from a standpoint. Speaking of players that I will trade for, uh, let's talk about Matthew Stafford. Uh, we briefly mentioned Matthew Stafford. You and I are in a league together where today I did not want to ride Gardner Minshew into the promised land. I have a buy. Bad I tra- decision, I mean. What's that? Minshew will lead you wherever you need to go. No, I'll take I'll take my chances with Stafford, and I'll tell you why. I traded Mark Andrews. Now keep in mind, I have a a really good tight end room already. I traded Mark Andrews, Jameson Williams. Thank God I got him off my roster. My late confirmed late twenty four one, and at twenty five two, which I can recover for Stafford, Diggs, and Kittle in this league where I already had the buy. We are absolutely thriving right now, and I love it. I still think league should have uh, trade deadlines, but that's a conversation for a different day. But I took advantage of this one that didn't. Why I think Matthew Stafford is a league winner comes in part with my conversation again with Jake Tribby last night. It got me thinking. He gets the Commanders. Oh, this week. the Commanders! You're you have to make it to the semifinals to win the league, don't you? So you kind of yeah. want to have the best matchup you possibly can to get there, and he. Has it since week nine? Stafford has logged eleven passing touchdowns with just two interceptions. He's taken three sacks. Three. That's it. Other quarterbacks in that touchdown list in this stretch: Stroud has taken twenty, and Love, Dak, and Purdy have all taken twelve sacks. The play action, Cooper Cup's recovery, the run game have been a godsend to Stafford, and it's showing. For some more fun stuff, he's eight. He is eighth in fantasy points per game with 20.4. He's seventh in fantasy points per opportunity, seventh in fantasy points per drop back in that time. He's an absolute baller. He not only gets Washington, but he gets New Orleans and the Giants. They're in the playoff hunt. They're going to need to keep competing in these games. Cup is healthy. Puka is an absolute baller. Kyron catches screen passes like nobody's business, and he pass protects the play-action game is alive and well. Sean McVay is in his fucking bag. If you don't have a trade deadline and you are kind of fringy with a quarterback too, go throw out offers for Matthew Stafford because he's going to be cheap to acquire and his upside is almost Brock Purdian, if you would, for the playoff run, which is all he's you He's not going want. anywhere. I think people he's have not. this idea of Stafford being like, like extremely old Stetson and frail. Bennett, and he's bro. like... He's like pretty old and frail, but I don't think like he's hundred percent starting in 2024. Yeah. I'd say he's probably starting in 2025. Like he's, he's, he is still like a legitimately top 10 NFL quarterback in, in my mind. Like he played his game last yesterday against the Ravens was one of the best quarterback games all year in bad conditions on the road against a good defense. Like that was, that was a phenomenal performance. And I mean, you watch some of the throws he made, like, 
these were not a ton of there were some that were wide open guys but like you saw a lot of the stafford trick shots where he's like falling yeah. away he's changing arm angles he's threading he, it over guys he's threading it around guys like you know he's he's vintage mass stafford right now he threw the cooper cup touchdown this week on the left side into the corner before stafford hit halfway yeah. into his route he was just fading like back, this too didn't get, yeah, yeah, did a, not a care about the pressure yeah. in his face he he was throwing sidearm bombs into the end zone uh, his connection with cup is back I mean, it's healthy, just like legitimately healthy this week. That was the best he's yeah. looked, I think, all year. Yeah, I agree. Hey, shout out Toronto Dave. Great trade, bro. Hey, sometimes we've got to pat ourselves on the back. Nick Fury says, what is he is really Tom Brady in regards to Brock Purdy? I think is. that's funny. I'm not going to go there. Obviously, he Toronto is. Dave. They just got to get him David Givens and Dion Branch to find out for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. Okay. Uh, next player. Want to talk about the next one? Let's talk about the next one. Do you have someone in mind, or should I just keep going? Uh, up, up to you. I've got people in mind, though. I got okay. one for each okay. position. Okay, hit, hit me with your next one. I don't have – oh, I do have a running back. So the only one All I right. don't have is a tight end, so. Okay. Uh, so I tried to pick, with the exception of the tight end, like the tight end is a guy who's, who's really been scaling up lately, and it's pretty obvious. But the rest of them, I tried to pick guys that are a little bit more under the radar, or maybe they haven't been on the best run lately. And this running back would certainly – fit into the category of guys who have actually not been trending very well lately, but I think have the opportunity to have a pretty massive rebound. And that's DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift is an interesting, interesting season in that the first week was like, oh my God, he's a disaster. He's hitting Gamble's backup. Instantly takes over the lead role and then was great for a while. And then mm-hmm. has been like quite mediocre for basically two months. And I think people just started to realize it. Like he's now... Um, I think he ranks uh, right at the very edge of the bottom of the RB2 rank in points per game. Um, I think the shine has kind of worn off now in the Andre success story, where I've started to see people worry about him. And I do think that there are some aspects to this. It's like a legitimate problem. Jalen Hurts has been uh, clearly battling through an injury. I think that that has changed how defenses are defending them in zone read situations. And that's yeah, per, really limiting Adam the Kaplan. holes that are available. Per Adam Kaplan, he, he like all all signs are pointing to the same thing. He he thinks the same thing, and so do his his sources. So it makes sense, for sure. So I mean, and that's part of the deal with Swift. It's like I've always said, like he's not that great of a technical runner. Like really, he's a dynamic athlete. Get him out in space, but it works in the zone read because there's all these gaping holes because of what the attention that Hurts draws, the offensive line, and Swift can thrive in that. Some of that's dried up, but what hasn't dried up is this. The Eagles last three games in the fantasy playoffs, Giants, Cardinals, Giants. That is, that's absolutely bananas in terms of how fortunate. Nope. We're... Seattle Giants, Arizona. Oh, Seattle Giants. Oh, is Giants their last game? Okay. Well, Giants Seattle. Week 18. Right. Okay. Seattle as well. Anyway, all four of those, if you're a week 18 league player, but all three of them in the fantasy week playoffs 18 player, are don't all be. top five matchups. And Seattle, especially for pass-catching running backs, is, is even more of an elite matchup. You also see in history each year with Nick Sirianni now that he's been there, you know, I think he has like a head and heart battle where he understands that passing is the most efficient way to play in the NFL. They oftentimes will be a plus PROE team to start games, to start seasons. And when he runs into adverse situations, it seems like he leans back into the run. We saw that two years ago where they went into a run-heavy 
set over the latter half of the year. We saw last year they would have certain games where they would open up, pass, 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 pass. The offense would start sputtering, and they'd say, okay, let's have one of these drives. Even sometimes when they were behind, they would just start running the ball with Sanders and with Hurts. I, I could kind of see that happening here where they get all of these rushing-friendly matchups with Seattle and Arizona and New York. Uh, and they start to lean into the running game here after Hertz has been kind of struggling. And Swift's going to be the beneficiary of that. I, I think he has an opportunity to really amass a ton of efficiency, to have a lot of goal line opportunities over the last three weeks. And probably people are not feeling that great about him right now after the last few weeks. So, uh, you know, nobody has played the roller coaster game more with DeAndre Swift of being in on Swift and out on Swift and in on Swift and out on Swift. So for the next three weeks, we're just filing ourselves up. We're in on Swift. I just can't. The only the only thing that holds me back is the one-yard plunge from Hertz. I refuse to use the name it was given. But the one-yard plunge with Hertz scares me to death because we know Swift might get one chance from the from inside the three or five yard line. And yeah. after that, it's all Hertz. Yeah. And they're just going to do it over and over. So he he better get that one. And if for any reason, remember the Boston Scott theory against the Giants. Real risk that <laughs> Boston true. Scott scoring oh, a touchdown no. or two against the Giants. Oh, right. Right? They it, it's narrative, but it's it's there. You know, in an unserious way, it's there. That's the, that's the only narrative I believe in. <laughs> Death and taxes. And Boston Scott scoring touchdowns against the Giants. It's just what happens. But that would be brutal. So that's my only it's hesitation. And as for his passing work, I wish he got it thrown. To, he did not get a target last week against Dallas. Only four targets against San Francisco. One against Buffalo. Three against Kansas City. Two against Dallas. Three. He has not had more than... Oh, he, he had six against San Francisco. Sorry, six targets. But aside from that game, it wasn't since he played the Jets in week six that he amassed more than three targets in a game. Scares the shit out of me in terms of yeah, hoping not, that his... I mean, he's here's the thing. like People think of DeAndre Swift as this pass game weapon, and it's kind of true. That's not really his role in this offense. Like Kenny Gamewell plays the long down a distance. For Kenny sure. Gamewell plays the stuff from behind. But if you just forget all about that, and you just think of DeAndre Swift as Miles Sanders from last year. Cardinals, Seahawks, Giants. Like, like he, like sure. he can get there on rushing. I, I agree. I, I'm with you there. If the touchdown upside was a little bit more feasible, he has five total touchdowns on the year. I'm going to fade this one. Uh, personally, I think we have a disagreement here. I don't think his touchdown, ups, uh, touchdown upside is actually there. And the pass game work is too spotty. But... I'm going to say I'm liking Boston Scott in week 16. Yeah. You know, the best ball teams that I have that still made it. I drafted Boston Scott for this reason. So we're pulling for a Boston Scott touchdown against the Giants just for hilarity's sake. I get your points. The matchups are just so good. The Eagles to me are just too hard to predict outside of AJ Brown being a fucking baller and the one yard plunge from hurts outside of that it's it's a little risky business for me we'll we'll see so i disagree with that one but i think you make great points i just i don't know if I, look, the real test will be will i play him against you in 
the league of record is going to be the question because he's on uh, he was on my, he was not, on my be bench to see him now nah, i think this is a re- you know yeah. what no fuck this this is a reverse psychology moment where you are trying to nerf oh, my upside with, with deandre swift I, I i can see it i i cracked the code you're not fooling me well speaking of running backs i'm gonna hit you with one i think it's james cook i think james cook can be a legitimate league winner let me tell you why since his new offensive coordinator's take taken over, through his and especially in the last two games specifically, he has seen an increased target rate, catching three, six, and five receptions in those games, more than DeAndre Swift. He's also had 17, 16, and 10 opportunities on the ground. He has scored a couple of touchdowns. Again, the touchdown upside not real there. Why? Josh Allen exists and he's a dog inside the five. He's greedy. He's also become the he is the guy there. Even if his snap percentage isn't up over 50, which we would really like it to be. But let's be honest. He's not there for the the designated pass protection and releasing opportunities. That's just not his That's not his bag. That's Latavius Murray. But they've clearly shifted into using him more as a weapon. So we, we definitely like that. He has that low-end RB1 on volume alone, and he's explosive enough to score touchdowns from outside of the five, he can just house it. I think Buffalo needs him to play well, to stay in this race. Not in the, oh, they have to establish it type way. Don't hear what I'm not saying. I'm not an establish it guy. But they need they do need him to play well. He is one of their most explosive weapons. The new offensive coordinator seems to recognize that. He's fifth in, in points per game over this stretch, and he's only 15th in expected fantasy points per game. So the expected's not very good, but that's just a testament to his explosive play ability. So I'm going to roll with James Cook. Now, I'm not paying the iron price for him in Dynasty. I, th- I think he's like my least favorite bet of the like the low-end RB1 in Dynasty right now. Just, again, Josh Allen exists. The, the workload... All that, but the Fournette thing never materialized. They've just they haven't worked him up. Everyone thought it no, was they, game they've, over. They've GGs, used Ty Johnson too. instead. Yeah, and then Latavius Murray is still balling, which is crazy. Wow, balling but, is in like he's doing a lot of this. He, yeah. <laughs> he's For the people listening really to the audio. Balling. I just made pass protection moments. Right, <laughs> and you had good form. You had really good <laughs> yeah, form. I got to yeah. tell you, really good form. Um, but I, I like James Cook down the stretch run. Again, they need him. So it's a little bit more of a vibe play. But obviously the fantasy points have come. And we're just hoping that it continues. He gets Dallas. Not a necessarily great matchup. But they can be run on if that game is competitive. The Chargers in week 16 is a unreal matchup. And New England, tough against the run. However... Very beatable in the passing game, which is where the upside is with James Cook anyway. I think you can capitalize on that for sure. By the way, I only co-sign this because the aesthetic next week, it's supposed to be a massive snow game in Buffalo. Oh, love that. And the the LaShawn McCoy Buffalo snow game vibes will be will be there. So if you want to like if you just want to reach into your memory hole and think of LaShawn against the Colts uh, all in the snow, you know, you want to play James Cook. Like that'll be, 
it'll be giving a really nice aesthetic this week. Well, not even just that. Didn't Shady with the Eagles beat up Shady on the Bills? The too, on the Lions. Oh, it, it was, was on the Eagles lines, versus yeah. Lions, and it was Bills versus Colts. For the, yeah, the two is, big he was shady the games. snow game god. Snow games. Yeah. Snow game god. Uh, so that's James. That's my that's my argument for James Cook. I know D Bro is gonna love that. Yeah. D Bro, when he Cook hears fan. this and sees this, he's gonna do laps. Um, but I also did warn you guys to stop taking James Cook at 106. You're like in his rookie year. So I really hope you guys listened because that was a bad move. All right, what do you got next? Yeah, for wide receiver, this one's really this is my deepest sleeper, I think. Ooh. Um look, we Please got a team. We got a team that you're very familiar with. Okay. Uh that is going to get oh, just no. nonstop pass funnel matchups for their next three games against oh, very no. potent offenses. You can't They're let them go. The Jaguars. You know you who, who are who are going to be stout against the run, wide I open you, secondary. I knew the 49ers, you'd find a way. The 49ers are great defense everywhere, but they're much more beatable in their secondary than in their front seven. And then Miami, who we've seen, despite having a lot of talent in the secondary, they have been able to be thrown on, especially over the intermediate areas of the field, over the middle. Will Levis but, the goat. Zay Flowers is going to be attracting all the attention and should be. He's a great play. He's a better play than this guy on a week-to-week basis. But the guy who has really stepped up, who is leading the NFL in targets per row run over the last month, who has reached back into the fountain of youth and is slicing and dicing DBs, made two incredible adjustments on deep passes last week, picked one off the ground, and in a clutch conversion on the final drive for 14 yards. Look, Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be an every week starter. He's going to be a top 20 wide receiver during the fantasy playoffs. We're all the way back in on OBJ. Let's do this. Let's finish this right, Odell. He's going to go out on top as a fantasy football league winner, and then he's going to win the Super Bowl for the Baltimore Ravens. It's going to be incredible. Okay. So, uh, he ran the wrong route on the touchdown for the record. That's that was fine. Not a he poorly adjusted. thrown ball. I'm just saying it was not a poorly thrown ball. I know the people are out there. Also, shout out to Lamar Jackson for learning how to underthrow a deep ball and not overthrow <laughs> it. Uh all three of his deep ball touchdowns or all three of his like big deep balls were all underthrown. Now, I just have one request. I, I like your pick. I think it's just an obvious one. So I'm I i do not have to dive too into it. I'm just gonna make a couple personal calls on this and hope the Ravens staff pick up the message stop throwing a deep ball to Rashad Bateman he's fucking terrible stop it his the interception all Bateman had to do was come back to the ball and that's a PI that is a free PI instead he watched the DB just cut and he didn't even try to come back for the ball and cause a pass interference with the way penalties are being called every time you throw to that fucking guy it doesn't work Stop it. OBJ is cooking dudes better deep than Rashad Bateman. Rashad Bateman should not catch a pass farther than five yards down the fucking field. Get him. I'd rather Patrick Ricard catch passes than Rashad Bateman. Fucking terrible. He is making nothing but mistakes. Stop doing it. Get him off the field. You know who's been low-key clutch for Baltimore this year is actually Aguilar. Like, yeah, aside he doesn't, from the, he doesn't have yeah. a massive role, but like he makes he makes one or two like clutch contested catches every he game. He should have Bateman's role. 
He should fucking have okay. Aside from the massive drop against Pittsburgh, that was like just egregious. He's been well, every like every said, Baltimore good. wide receiver lost their mind against Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's just insane. <laughs> he should have Bateman's role. What the fuck are we doing? Just cut your losses. The sunk cost fallacies hitting Baltimore every time they throw a deep ball and it doesn't work. I'm like, that was number seven. I look, it's like, yeah, oh fuck, that was number seven. I'd rather Charlie Kolar get more deep balls in this offense. Than Rashad Bateman. They should get Tylen Wallace involved like, after the big punt return. Yes, he <laughs> Rashad Bateman is the fetch of the wide receiver room. Stop trying to make it happen, okay? He's not sitting with us. He's not getting in the car. We're not going shopping with him. He is fucking terrible. I want to see him in another uniform next year. I'm so miserable about it. Um, but please wow. stop throwing. It's going to be interception city. If we throw deep balls, <laughs> I had no idea Bateman was had this effect on, uh, on Ravens oh, fans. I'm over. I'm over. Him. Apparently he's I'm like sky more East. Yeah. Based on this. Speaking of sky more, the wide receiver I have for my league winner. No, it's not sky more. It's actually Rasheed rice. I'm sky more. It's not sky more. It's Rasheed rice. And the reason for that is, uh, He's a full-time player now, and he's yeah. fucking balling. He's been so good. He is out-targeting Travis Kelsey in a per-route basis since his uptick. And, guys, that means he's the bona fide wide receiver one in Kansas City. 17.1 expected fantasy points per game. 19.4 fantasy points per game over his last three games. He's fifth in expected fantasy points per game per route run in that span. Yes, the Kansas City Chiefs are easy to pick on right now. All the, oh, look at Mahomes, whiny bitch, etc. And also, for the people that have an issue with, like, Mahomes losing his shit, and oh my god, oh my god, yeah, I get it. Uh, it took Tom Brady, like, 12 years to accomplish the feat that Patrick Mahomes has done in, like, five for people to hate him this much. So he's actually the goat and you can at me if you want, because you hate him like Brady already. And he hasn't won like Brady yet. So take that for what you will, a little bit of narrative, but look, he gets new England, terrible pass defense. Their run defense. Good, terrible pass defense. Then he gets Vegas who are just terrible. And then he gets Cincinnati, another awful pass defense. For the fantasy playoffs, he has been absolute dog water. I understand. I actually, for a minute, considered starting Jake Browning. I considered it. I, I was talking to Jake Tribby yesterday when we sat down. I was like, I'm really debating it, dude. Like, he's just been so bad. 13, 13, 20, 16, 15. He's just been average in four-point passing touchdown leagues. Uh-uh. They're coming for that number one seed. They have an outside shot at it, but they have a shot at it with Miami's loss and Baltimore doing Baltimore things. Uh, at the end of games. There's an opportunity for Kansas City to take it. They're going to want it. They're going to be pissed off and mad. And if you don't think that matters, I think you're nuts. I think it matters. They have three matchups where they can go out and absolutely crush the opposing team. He's still throwing the ball a lot. 42, 38, 30, 43, 34, 33, 43 attempts over his last uh, stretch of games. Unbelievable. He's coming for his bonuses. He's coming for his stats. He's coming for the wins. You want Rasheed Rice because that dude is going to perform. He's not just the screen guy now. He's their legit one. The Justin Watson craze is over. And we were looking for that rookie late season breakout at wide receiver. 
And I think Rasheed Rice is going to be the guy over all the rest right now. Well, except, I mean, Puka doesn't even count anymore. He's been breaking out since week one. But, I, yeah, that's my case. Rasheed Rice, breakout wide receiver at the end of the year. League winner, legitimate. Love it. Yeah, no, I'm a big, big fan of Rice. I don't have anything to add to that. His his price was uh, absolutely crazy. 206, 207. Boy, did I whiff on that. I think it was just uh, Sky Moore burnout. Do you have another? Uh, what else you got? Is that? Yeah, my tight end is obvious. Like I, I was think I was trying to think of like an under the radar tight end choice. Can I guess it? Hold on. Can I? Try I couldn't to guess really it? come up with one. So sh- sure. David and Joku. Yeah, it's David and Joku. Yeah, I so know. It's not, yes. It's not. God, it's not I know an obvious. So it's, not, well. it's not an under the radar call. It's a boring call. He just, you just loved him last week. That's For the it. record, he would, have, he would have also been my call if we did this a week ago before he scored 30 points. But they're, they're throwing it so much more with Joe Flacco. And Joku... He's the fucking goat. Uh, look, I'm not, I'm not really sure why uh, Deshaun Watson doesn't like throwing to David Njoku, but every quarterback that's not Deshaun Watson that David Njoku has had over the last couple of years, his target rate just immediately goes up by 5%. Uh, he scored two more points per game with non-Watson quarterbacks, and that even includes like games with... A burnt face and Dorian Thompson Robinson. So yeah. he's been the focal point of this offense. Uh, it's really, it really flows in the passing game through him and Cooper. Uh, and they're going to probably continue to throw with Joe Flacco. They posted one of the highest pass rates over expectation with Joe Flacco. Flacco's obviously not taking away any plays with scrambling in this, in the way that Deshaun Watson or PJ Walker or Dorian Thompson Robinson did. And look, Joe Flacco's an old man. He doesn't want to get hit. He's getting that ball out quickly. So anytime that he's dropping back to pass, that's resulting in a pass attempt. He's not scrambling. He's not going to eat sacks. It's getting the ball out. And right now he's getting the ball to David Joku. So uh, I'm like, I have Joku as one of my, I think he might be my most rostered tight end among teams that made playoffs. I'm very, very excited for it. I think he's going to continue to rack up points. They use him at all levels. They give him like legitimate air yards and seam routes. They use him as a guy that they isolate up in the red zone, and they use him a ton in the screen game. Another interesting note on him is Jerome Ford left with a hand injury. I have no idea if he's going to miss any time. He might be totally fine. But right. Ford, where he's really separated from Hunt, is they they really seem to prefer using Ford in the passing game, in the screen yep. game. Uh, they don't really do that as much with Hunt. So if they're not using – if they don't have the opportunity to use Ford or if Ford plays but, like, his hand is bad and they don't trust him to catch or something, maybe that's even more screen game work for David and Joku. So uh, I'm very, very excited for uh, Joku as a fancy playoff. So I think he finishes the top five tight end. Yeah, I mean, he's tight end seven right now. He did have the one dud game the previous week. But, look, it's tight end. They're not all going to be glorious. He just – he is the prince that was promised this year. And his – just just to add a little bit of context to what you're talking about and how he is the offense, because maybe some people don't realize it. Eight targets, six, nine, 15, nine, six, eight, and nine since week seven. He gets Chicago, very beatable over the middle. Houston, we saw again what Zach Wilson and the conk daddy was able to do against Houston. Uh, and, and then he, we get the Jets. I mean, the Jets are a good defense, but hey. Slinging Joe. Can we also just, I want to give one shout out right now to Joe Flacco. If the Ravens don't make the Super Bowl, I, I'm rooting Browns. <laughs> because an AFC championship game where Joe Flacco has to come in to Baltimore and play the Ravens in what could be his final game is majestic. 
And I would want no one else on the call more than I want Kevin Harlan. Kevin Harlan needs to do more playoff games. This is going to be our last little bit before we take off on the show. We talked about right before the show that Al Michaels is being removed from playoff games, which I think it's time. I hate it. I hate it. I I I love Al Michaels being disinterested, talking about gambling lines. I'm here for it. Even when something exciting happens, he puts me to sleep. It's really (laughs) bad. So we were talking about our, like what our dream booth would be. And I think, I think it's any combination of like Romo and Harlan or I, I like your pick as well. I, I love Gus Johnson. He's the best. Up the middle. He's <laughs> like, I don't know. I, he's, he's just, he's the best. He makes every single play feel like uh, it's the biggest play in the history of the sport. Yeah, he's uh, it's a travesty that we don't get him for for uh, NFL stuff very frequently. But uh, yeah, he I love I love Gus. Yeah, I think Kevin Harlan, Gus Johnson would be just a they couldn't do it because <laughs> they both have the same job. But yes. <laughs> you add you add a Tony Romo in there, Kirk Herbstreet in there. I think it would be great. I think we could do without the the uh, Troy Aikman trying to figure out what analytics is every week. And he'll. Can I just also say about Aikman? We get it. You didn't get the Cowboys game. You don't have to be a miserable prick the whole time. <laughs> that dude, when he doesn't get a Cowboys game, is so miserable. I remember there was the one year, it was recent, I don't know if it was last year or the year before that, where he was like, yeah, well, there's a better game going on on another network. And I'm just like, we get it, dude. You're, you only want to do sign the contract with the Cowboys and do their local. Like he's a miserable prick when he doesn't get the Cowboys games. It's so bad. It's so noticeably bad. Like, and I love Joe Buck. Joe Buck tries his best, right? He's shitting on the refs for how long it takes. And I love that. I think we have to do that. He doesn't shit on analytics or whatever as often as Aikman do, but separate them. The worst one for the stupid comments about analytics is by a mile Mark Sanchez. He's the worst. Mark Mark Sanchez is my least favorite addition to a broadcast team of anyone. Like he's just, that guy is thick as a brick. I I absolutely cannot with Mark Sanchez. He drives me completely crazy. He's Uh, terrible. Yeah. It's, oh, it's brutal for me. But. Let's start a protest now where we get Kevin Harlan, Gus Johnson, Kirk Herbstreet, and Tony Romo. That, that should be the matchup. Any combination of those four, to me, would be the nuts matchup, in my opinion. Also, Charles Davis. We need a little bit more Charles Davis. That guy knows his shit, too. I also like Olsen. But for the, the top four, what I would want for the AFC and NFC Championship game, he's, he's give me the AFC favorite. NFC Championship game. Give me Olsen, Herbstreet, and Romo. Combined with like Kevin Harlan, Gus Johnson, that would be the nuts matchup. Let us know what your dream commentator matchup would be for the playoffs. Uh, they have to be commentators now. We can't be like, well, I want Brady and Manning. Like we get it. All. Yeah. it. All yeah, like we can't. Like I miss John Madden too, guys. But those days are gone. We're not drawing nets and sketches on on turkeys anymore. But uh, just some smart, intelligent commentators and exciting ones that let us know in the comments what your dream commentating crew is the the best comment gets a win and there is one thing i do have to go back and find if you just give me one minute i did mention oh you posted 
on the uh, amateur porn site known as X.com. I posted a picture that says, is Zeke about to kick off a league-winning stretch run tonight? Yes or no? Leave a comment. Best comment makes Fantasy Points, uh, Dynasty Points episode this week. And we have the winning comment. Uh, and yes, he did. He did absolutely crush it. Uh, Estavio says he's now watching Gus Johnson calls just because. Well, do it after this show, uh, Estavio. But the winning comment, we had a couple good ones, but they weren't, they weren't quite there. The winning comment comes from emo underscore cowboy. It's Tyler. You should drop him a follow. It says, does a road bump provide enough stimulus for a female orgasm? In most cases, no. But for the right person, parentheses roster, that is dying for something, anything, to provide enough juice to get there? Maybe. <laughs> the winning comment. It, a phenomenal comment. Uh, that had to win, so shout out again. That is emo underscore cowboy. Truly, truly wonderful. Oh, he's the best. Yeah, that's a great comment. Okay, yeah. Tyler Jacob. is one of one. Yeah, you gotta we gotta holler at him. He's gotta drop that follow, baby. Come on. Uh, I, got, but, I got the chance to meet him in uh, in Vegas, and he's he's uh, unhinged in the best he's, way. It it was a phenomenal. Some I, he won. He was like the first comment, and I was like, it's over. Like no one <laughs> is gonna top that. TD says his dream crew is Tom, Jacob, and Lucas. Uh, I think that would be a nightmarish. I think Jacob and I would actually do battle in that small box, uh, live oh, man, separating football and never punting. And your war against punting is just the my favorite. Sure, it's returning sure. punts. First it's we, fielding first, punts. It's true. It's true. I, I don't. I don't believe in any of it. I don't believe in any special teams except except never, for the Ravens winning the game. Never return a punt. Also, never punt. Um, you know, ne- never go after a punter. Never, never always protect the punter. Just avoid <laughs> avoid any any punting or kicking themed events. Um, I love that. You know, first That's we so came good. for the running backs, um, and they did nothing for they were not a running back. Now we came for the kickers and the punters. We'll see if anyone stands up for them. It's unlikely. Hey, but Pat Matthews around. Tom, Tom will be the last one to stand up for the kickers and the punters. Justin Tucker, baby. When Justin Tucker's out, we can have the conversation. Okay. Did you Let's... did you see the young way coup? for one game took over the uh, all time yep. accuracy lead. And then he immediately missed two field goals. Cause Tucker yeah. put a hex on him. <laughs> We're actually kind of in the golden age of kickers, like a new age of we kickers are. in the NFL. Like there are so many good ones. It's, it's kind of crazy. Like Aubrey, uh, I, I can't name them all because they're kickers, but there, there are some, there are some legitimate, hashtag good kickers in the nfl now so that's oh yeah bindles i mean up. when i was growing up like you used to have like employed kickers that were like 75 percent, and that now like yeah. you're just you're no longer part of the league if that's your you can be dropped at any given time if you're a kicker like yeah, that's there's just no more room for the billy condes of the world fuck that guy okay the wide left the patriots <laughs> would have won that game also oh fuck lee evans for dropping that ball too that was a perfectly placed ball they had their path to the Super Bowl that year, they could have went back to back, but at the same time, that kick meant that we we uh, were forced to draft Justin Tucker, a f- should be first ballot Hall of Famer, even though he's a kicker, he's just unreal. But seriously, fuck you, Billy Cundiff, and 
everything you stand for for that one game. Also, fuck you, Lee Evans, for dropping that ball and ruining <laughs> Joe Flacco's multiple Super Bowl legacy, surefire Hall of Fame uh, career. God. Wow. Okay, look. I knew that Jacob, thinking about thinking, we got to get you out yeah. of here. Thinking about thinking, what's up for this week? What changes in the offseason content for anyone that's not subscribed? And if you aren't subscribed, comments, or not comments, the dis- link will be in the description for Thinking About Thinking, Jacob's unreal Substack. Yeah, so the running back stuff is kind of shifting because um, obviously if you're redraft, we're now into playoff mode. Um, you know, most people are out of fab. Um, if you're doing dynasty leagues, most leagues have already had their tree deadline come and go. Um, so we're, we're going to most we're going to be looking a little bit more matchup based, which means I'm going to be writing a column um, to come out Friday mornings instead of Tuesday mornings because I want a little more inf- injury information, um, a little bit more clarity in terms of you know if there's any coach speak or anything like that. Um, and it'll be, you know, I wouldn't say quite like a start sit column, but a little bit more, a little bit more in that vein than a looking back on the week that was, um, I'm also going to be mostly doing playoff tournament stuff. I put a little post, um, just, you know, I don't really know, like how I think a lot of my subscribers are probably pretty dynasty focused. Uh, we did a lot of best ball stuff over the summer, but I'm just not quite sure how many of them have really tried playoff best ball tournaments before. So I put out kind of a notice just asking like, Hey, where are you guys at with this? What's the kind of content you'd like to see on this? So we'll have something up probably that's a little bit more evergreen on this Saturday. I'll probably delve into some of the teams and some of the sort of playoff odds uh, maybe next week. And then we'll kind of build up on the underdog stuff. The gauntlet is going right now. Um, and there'll be mittens, which is like the small $5 playoff tournament. And that'll all kind of lead up to, we'll do some content for the FFPC playoff challenge, uh, ultimately, um, right after the season. Cause that's, that's my favorite form of fantasy football. I would say the entire year. So we'll, we'll make sure to do an episode on that or an article on that or both. Oh, for sure. Can't wait. Um, yeah. Think about thinking if you're not Bindles, think about thinking is top tier. It is, it is the only written content that I read. And fantasy football. It's the only one I take my time to go and read. A, because I'm not a good reader. Uh, I think that that has to be made pretty clear. I'm pretty blue collar. I'm not a great reader. But Jacob makes it really easy for everybody. This is not just hyper, super nerd stuff. If you want great, obscure music and movie references, TV references, Jacob is your guy. I think he puts more effort into that and his intros to his articles than the articles themselves. Uh, it's, It's more than well worth it. It's phenomenal. Next week, we're right back here. Same bat time, same bat channel. Obviously, all of the Fantasy Points video content free, except for matchup points. And, of course, John Proctor's um, Sunday morning DFS show by cashing points. All, all that free. Final points free. Head in there. Lock in there. The early bird special for FantasyPoints.com going on, I believe, now. If not soon, it'll be the cheap. The Fantasy Points Premium and Data Suite will be cheaper than it will be all year next year. You're going to want to head into that. Stay tuned, fantasypoints.com. We're going to be giving away Data Suite subscriptions, all that stuff into the offseason. This is a great time. I mean, it, it's not often. It's just the two of us. But every time it is, I really feel like it's it's a little bit different with just the two of us. So I, I like it. Mm-hmm. This is fun. Can't wait to see Lucas back next week. Also, For tune sure. into the Full Tilt Devi show on Monday next week with a possible appearance from one Josh Chevalier 
of fantasypoints.com. Like we talked about at the top of the show, real shitty to have Andre Brower pass away. But oh, again, sure. it's why we always talk about checking in on your loved ones, even when you're not sure that they need it, especially with the holidays coming around. It's a happy time, but it can be a depressing time. So check it on your friends, your family, your loved ones. Be kind to one another. Remember, it's playoff time. It should be fun. You should have a great time. The trash talk should be plentiful, but keep it within pocket. Remember, there's people on the other side of those screens. Remember that clear eyes and full hearts can never lose on your best days. Well, goddamn, they're always spent tilting. Great time. See you next week, everybody. 